Welcome back in. Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Red Sox baseball coming up tonight at 6-10. Sox taking on the Tampa Bay Rays. And as a result of that game being on live, we will have to have Freddie and Fitzsimmons tonight on WDEVradio.com. So joining us now is our guy, Freddie Coleman of Freddie and Fitzsimmons, who's with us every single Wednesday at this time. Freddie, how are you? I'm good, but how are you holding up with the Red Sox sliding a little bit? Yeah, it, sliding a little bit is an understatement. They, Freddie, like... 12 days ago, they were a game and a half up in the division. Now they are five back. That is not just sliding. That is a free fall. Yeah, and you know what it is. We always talk about, Brady, that you're always going to run into a ditch at a certain point in Major League Baseball season, and you run into that ditch. And this is not the opportune time to have that where we're getting into August or we're already in August. you got September around the corner, and this Tampa Bay Rays team, they've been on the ramp. Since they traded for Rizzo, even though he's out on the rampage as well, they did not pick the right time to have this kind of ditch affecting the Boston Red Sox at this point in the season. You know, Freddie, I saw a tweet the other day that said, what a fun last two months of the season this is going to be. The Red Sox are in a pennant race. So my question for you is, is a pennant race fun when you're the team that's choking, or is it only fun when you're the team that's coming from behind trying to do the catching? Oh, it's never fun when your team is choking. I've never been a believer in that, and I'm speaking as experience from a New York Mets fan that had a seven-game lead with 17 games to play not too long ago and wound up not even getting into the playoffs and losing the NL East. So, yeah, it's fun for people if you don't have a team that is in contention one way or the other. Yes, yeah, plenty of fun for the casual fan out there, but for the hardcore fan of their team, and you knew your team had been playing so well in May, then June, then July, and now August rolls around, and you're worried that all of a sudden your team is going to fall out, not just of the AL East race, but maybe not even getting a wild card. Yeah, it's fun for other people. It's fun for the Tim Kirchens of the world, <laughs> but it's not fun for the Brady Farkas and the Freddie Coleman's of the world. No way. How as a fan do you view a season that's kind of got this uh, narrative to it, in that you come in as a fan with no expectations? We thought the Red Sox were going to be under 500, finishing fourth. Then they have a lot of success. They're in first place a lot of the season. Now they're in a playoff race. Like, if you told me in March that we'd be in this position, I'd say great, but based on how it's gone, it feels like a failure. Would you agree? Yes, that's a good point, Brady, because it's one thing to have any kind of expectation. If your team is able to overcome that and they seduce you that way, you want that to continue. There's no no two ways about that, but then all of a sudden they start to fall short, and you're saying to yourself, well, we would have taken this at the beginning of the season. Our team finished in second and third in a division that wasn't winnable, at least according to the pundits and the prognosticators for the season starts. So, yeah, when you get a little bit of that taste, you get a little bit of that tease, you want it to continue as long as possible, and when it disappears from you, it can be a very disappointing feeling because especially when you did not think your team was going to put themselves or you in that position at the beginning of the season. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio, Freddie and Fitzsimmons, tonight streaming at WDEVradio.com at 9 p.m. And he's here with us now on the Brady Farkas Show. Freddie, over to football. Patriots open up their preseason slate tomorrow with the Washington football team. Do you care at all about the quarterback breakdown tomorrow? Who starts, who plays when, how much they play? Do you care at all about that tomorrow now that it's game action? I really don't, but the one thing I've always said, Brady, I want to see what guys look like. And a lot of times I don't worry about the score of preseason games and plenty of times I don't worry about the stats of preseason games I want to see what kind of command the huddle is under the quarterback or what they look like because they're not going to put everything out there they're not putting a total game plan in for a preseason game so it's going to be as basic and as vanilla 
as we usually will see from a Bill Belichick coach team, whether it's offense or defense. They don't want to show anything to future opponents that they can gravitate towards and scout them out and take advantage of that in the regular season. But I just want to see what Cam Newton looks like. I want to see what his movement looks like, what his mannerisms. Same thing with Mac Jones, the backup quarterback in this situation, at least for right now. I want to see what that looks like. And, for example, we can say, let's say Cam Newton goes 4 out of 10 for 45 yards. We know what that narrative is going to sound like. But I always tell people to pay attention. What if a guy slipped on a route and then the ball is intercepted? Or he makes the perfect throw and the guy drops the football. Sometimes in preseason games, or should I say, and most times in preseason games, you have to look beyond the numbers, whether it's a starting quarterback who's been there trying to hold on to his job like Cam Newton or a young quarterback trying to secure his wings and make sure that people understand that he is the right guy going forward when it comes to Mac Jones. How do you think only having three preseason games will impact things for NFL teams in terms of how they do things in the preseason? Well, Brady, it's not so much the three preseason games. It's also the 17 regular season games, and I wonder how much of that both of those entities combined will affect a lot of decisions when it comes to not just safety of the players, of course, but also the mental and physical health of your team. But you really got to be able to manage that with less preseason game time to evaluate players, and then you have an extra game in the regular season because people think, oh, it's only one game in the regular season. That extra game is going to exact a toll on players and on coaches and everybody because of your team competing for the playoffs. That extra game, having that happen, yeah, it means an extra paycheck, but it also means extra stress. What did the Notorious B.I.G. say? More money, more problems? <laughs> well, that's going to be the case with this extra game in the regular season and one less game in the preseason that you have to evaluate teams. And I think there's something that has not been talked about, that how coaching decisions are going to be affected, not just in preseason football when it comes to evaluation and also practice time, but also in the regular scene where both of those things are going to happen. Who's on the come up? Who needs a break? Who doesn't need a break? Those decisions more than ever before are going to be front and center with every NFL team, whether you're a team competing to win or winning or a team that's playing out the string and hoping to be better next season. If the competition at the end of camp and preseason is close between Cam Newton and Mac Jones, who do you give the start to week one? Do you go with experience in Cam or the guy with upside in Mac Jones? If it's close, who do you like? I think you have, I believe you have to go with Cam Newton in that situation because he's been on an NFL field. He's been in the Super Bowl. And he wasn't playing that badly last year before he got in COVID-19 protocols and dealt with that, and that delayed any kind of progress that he and the Patriots offense had made, and then he had injuries here and injuries there. If that's going to be the dividing line, if that's going to be the deal-breaker, the tiebreaker, then you have to go the experienced player. And Mac Jones is going to learn and be the quarterback you want starting next year, in my opinion, with the New England Patriots. But remember, this Patriots team is not just about trying to see who can play best so they can hope and win games. They believe that they're going to be a playoff team, that last year was an aberration. And if they believe that's going to happen, and if Cam Newton is the best guy, if that's going to be the tiebreaker advantage to him, then you got to go with the guy that has that kind of experience. Now, if I'm the Patriots, I'm worried about Hunter Henry. How long is that injury going to affect him at tight end? You brought him in to be part of a two-tight end attack with him and John Smith. If that injury lasts into the regular season and further into the regular season, then you really can't go with an inexperienced quarterback. You have to go with a, a starting quarterback that's been there understands how to make adjustments and deal with that because he's dealt with those kind of situations before when he played the Carolina Panthers and last year with his first year of the New England Patriots and Cam Newton. Freddie, Bill Belichick said last weekend that Peyton Manning was the toughest quarterback he's ever coached against. Once he coaches against Tom Brady this year, do you think he'll still feel that way? That'll be the first time he's ever coached against Tom Brady and possibly the last time. 
he had so many battles against Peyton Manning in the regular season and also in the postseason. So he's always it's one thing to coach a guy because he knows how great Tom Brady was playing under him. We all know that. But coaching against a guy like Peyton Manning, where as a defensive guy, that you always had to be on your best because you knew mentally and physically that Peyton Manning was going to be at his best or was going to bring his best to the table. That's why I don't believe that's going to change. I mean, it's going to be a very strange situation. Bill Belichick and everybody, of course, with Tom Brady coming back with the Super Bowl championship with his new football team. But Bill Belichick understands that how great Tom Brady was, but he's only going to coach against him one time. He had to do that every year when Peyton Manning got great, and that could be the difference between having home field advance in the playoffs or surviving and advancing in the playoffs. Tom Brady coming back as a conquering hero, I don't believe it's going to change that in the mind of Bill Belichick in terms of the toughest quarterback that he ever had to go up against. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio. Freddie, I'll let you out of here on this. Um, Basketball-wise, I believe that the Olympics was a great experience for Jason Tatum, and that will manifest itself well for the Celtics. But i got to say, I'm worried a little bit about what it may do to his attitude or expectations. What I mean is, I picture Damian Lillard in one ear of Tatum saying, hey, don't stay in one place too long. Hold their feet to the fire. I wish I had done that. And on the other hand, I hear Kevin Durant in his ear saying, hey, man, sometimes the grass is greener. Don't you know? Don't stay in one place too long. I get a little worried that Tatum's going to come back here after talking to these guys and you know start demanding some things from the Celtics. Well, look at it this way. If Jason Tatum demands that, I think he's earned the right to do something like that because he is definitely the star of this team, and he is a stone-cold killer in the fourth quarter. We saw that even before the Olympics when he played the Boston Celtics. He, at, at any given time, can drop a 50 on your head like an anvil in the ocean, like the anvil in those old Wiley Coyote cartoons from Looney Tunes. So if he has to ha- a chance to make those kind of demands, the Boston Celtics would be li- the wise to listen. Now, they can make their own decisions. There's no doubt about that. But if you got to play essentially as a leader and a star in your basketball team, it would behoove you to at least hear him out and then have the right kind of answer or the most honest answer to say, why we're going to think about doing this or not thinking about doing that. I don't think it's more of a demand situation. It's more of a chance that you listen to a star player that is not going to go overboard when it comes to demands. I don't believe that's going to be the case with Jason Tatum. He's going to look at the team and look at the situation and say, hey, you know, if you can get that guy, you guys should think about it. And if you're the Boston Celtics, you should pay attention to that. And then you make the best decision that's going to be for the franchise. But I it's a very strong will, but as we've also seen, he can have a strong won't when the, when the situation dictates that that's going to happen. The fact that he was able to be around leaders like a Draymond Green and guys like that on USA Basketball, that's only going to help not just Jason Tatum individually, Brady, but also the Boston Celtics organization. I don't think it's a bad thing seeing and hearing from guys that have been in the league a little bit longer than you and with how they dealt with situations and then see if it applies to you or it does not apply to you. He's smart to realize the difference in what could work and what could not work in Boston. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio. Freddie and Fitzsimmons, 9 p.m. tonight, online at WDEVradio.com. Freddie is with us every single Wednesday at this time. So, Freddie, we appreciate you. Enjoy the preseason football. We'll see if the Red Sox can actually get a win tonight, and we'll talk to you next week, hopefully with a uh, rosier picture of their place in the standings. Uh, My pleasure, Brady. Keep those flowers blooming, my friend. Hang in there.